any area of my life that is not submitted to the lordship of Jesus is open to spiritual defeat and deception. You're already against the ropes. You don't even know what just happened. I feel like Jake Paul right now. Any, any area of our life, listen to me, any area of our life that is not submitted to the lordship of Jesus is open to spiritual defeat and deception. And, and it, it could be money, it could be, it could be sexuality, it could be pride, it could be unforgiveness, it could be our attitude, it could be our tongue, it could be any area of our life that has not been submitted yet to the Lordship of Jesus Christ is open to spiritual defeat and deception. Okay, so with that being said, there's a young man who walks up to Jesus in Mark chapter 10. Um, we call him the rich young ruler. He comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, I want to go to heaven. How do I get to heaven? How do I become one of your followers? How do I become... How do I become a disciple? How do I, how do I enter the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus looks at him and goes, well, you're, you're a good Jewish young man. You know the commandments. Do the commandments. You know those. Because Jesus at this point, this is before the resurrection, so it's before the new covenant. So Jesus brings him back to the law. And he says, you know the law. Go ahead and do that. Honor the Sabbath. Honor your parents. Don't kill. Don't steal. You, you know, no idol worship. You know what to do. And the young man says something so interesting. He goes, I, I do all that. Now think about this. There was something in the young man that said, I'm obeying the rules, but something is still missing. I go to church, but there's still a hole in my soul. I go to church, but I'm still not connecting to God. I'm, 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 I'm obeying what I know to obey, but I still don't have a God connection. I'm, I'm still lacking something. I'm still missing something. And Jesus goes, oh, okay, okay. One thing you lack. You're not a giver. So then he says something radical. Take your possessions and sell them and give them away. Jesus was revealing the man's idolatry. See, it wasn't just that the man had great wealth. It was that wealth had him. It's not that he owned possessions. It's that possessions owned him. It's not that he had money. It's that money had now mastered him. He had a God, and it was not Yahweh God. It was not Jesus. It was not Jehovah. It was mammon. It was money. He was mastered by possessions. And Jesus says, until you submit this area of your life to to my lordship, there's there's always going to be a disconnect. And can I tell you, 20 years of ministry, I'm not a novice. I have seen this over and over and over and over again with saints that I have seen that they refuse to let God in on their treasure. They let God in on their time, and they allow God to influence their talent, but they will not give God their treasure. They will not open their bank account to God. They will not, they will not let God in on that part of their life. But Jesus said that my heart, my core, the real me, my affections are following my treasure. So if I never trust God financially, there will always be a part of my heart. There will always be a door in my heart that is locked to the things of God. And as long as that door is shut, and the Spirit of God cannot influence, then I'm open to spiritual defeat and deception. So this is bigger than money. I'm not trying to raise money. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to pinch you for 10%. I'm telling you, this is so important that even if you leave City Light tonight and never come back and, and, and 
never follow this ministry again. Please still do what I'm telling you to do somewhere else because you've got to get this in your spirit because it's going to change your entire life. I'm telling you, if you don't like the messenger, still, still do the message. Go do it at the crossing. Go, go do it at Avenue Church. Go do it down in ICLV. But find you a church where you can practice these things because this is, this is scripture. And until your heart is open to God in that very sacred place called money, there will always be a disconnect. Well, I don't know if you know the story, but the man leaves. He doesn't give. He says, I've got too much. And it wasn't that he had too much. It's not like Jesus didn't have more than the man. It's that he couldn't trust Jesus in this area. So what is the tithe? Okay, here we go. The tithe is the first 10% of our income given back to God for the building of his house and the expanding of his kingdom. This act of obedience directly benefits and blesses our life. The tithe is the first 10% of our income given back to God. So just very quickly, tithe is a Bible word. It literally means 10 or a tenth or the tenth of or 10% of a thing. And God asks us to trust him with the tenth, with the tithe. But there's something very important about the tithe, and that is that it's the first 10%. So I've got 10 $1 bills here. Uh, let me explain what tithing is not. Okay? This is, this is not tithing. Okay. Goldie wants to have a fancy outfit for Halloween and Encanto. And I know it's like kind of like the devil's thing, but I got to like, <laughs> got to be a cool dad. So I got to buy her the Mirabelle dress. Okay. Shannon wants a date night and doesn't want to go to In-N-Out. She wants to go to the steakhouse. So. And I can't shop at Vons. I got to go to Whole Foods, Jesus, organic. And, and I, and I got to have Wi-Fi, Jesus. I got to have, I got to have Wi-Fi. It's 2022, Jesus. And uh, I, I can't do push-ups and go on a walk. I got to have a gym membership that I'm never going to use. I got to have that. world. I told you I was coming. Ooh, there's a new fear of God ascensions drop and I got to look fresh. Lord, I got to look fresh for the house of God. And I got to, and I got to pay, got to pay my bills. And I, I, I can't be, I can't be driving a Honda. Lord, you know, I need that BMW, Lord. And, and I got to give to my favorite church, St. Arbucks. Y'all know about St. Arbucks? I was bad. But Lord, you know I don't got time to be making coffee at home. And so I got to go to Starbucks and, 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 and end of the month. And I go, oh, hey, I still got 10%. Here you go, Lord. Thank you for being a provider. Watch, watch, watch. This is not the tithe anymore. This is a tip. I wish I had an amen in the house tonight, y'all just staring me down. Y'all look like you want to fight. Watch, watch, watch. This is a tip. But this, 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 this. It's the first of the month. It's the 15th. I just got paid. And I, and I know what I need. And I know what I got to pay. And I know I need to be responsible. And I, I, I know that life is real. 
But God, I'm going to trust you with the first. And God, I'm going to believe that you can do more with this 90% than I could ever do with 100%. And I know gas prices are going up and interest rates are going up and recessions going up and all this is happening and inflation and wars and rumors of wars. But God, in this, in this season, I'm not trying to pull back. I'm trying to live with an open hand. So God, in the midst of all that's going on around me, I'm putting you first. And now I'm believing that, God, you're, you're going to be Lord over this 90%. You're going to bless this 90%. You're going you're gonna to sustain this 90%. You're going to do more with it than I could ever do with 100. And this is scary. That's faith. See, this, this looks religious. This looks spiritual. But this is faith. And, and you're rolling your eyes and you're going, well, that's easy for you to say. But you know what it wasn't? It wasn't when I was 19 years old and everyone was going to Chipotle for dinner and I was eating turkey sandwiches because I wouldn't touch God's tithe. And everyone else was going shopping and I kept wearing the same clothes over and over again because I wouldn't touch God's tithe. And one time when I had to do a wedding for a couple and I couldn't afford a suit, so I went to Target. Not not Nordstrom, not Neiman Marcus, not Versace, no, Target. And I bought me a suit and I rolled up the sleeves and I rolled up the cuffs of the pants and I kept the tags on, shh, don't tell Target. <laughs> and I did the wedding and, the, and I made sure not to eat or drink anything. And the next morning I went back to Target and I returned that suit because I couldn't afford that suit because God was getting 10. Yeah. So, 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 so now I get judged for talking this way, but I, I've, been, I've been doing this since I was 15. Yeah. Don't judge me for doing that to Target, but I did it. All right, all right. They'll be okay. They're doing okay. Amen. I hope, I hope you understand that that's what I'm talking about. So, why, so, so preacher, why do you tithe? Why do you tithe? I'm going to give you four reasons why I tithe. And I just want to be, I want to try to be as personal as I can be tonight. So I'm not just going to like, because I could give you 50 reasons why you should tithe, but I'm going to give you four reasons why I tithe. Here's the first reason I tithe, because Jesus said to tithe. I think, well, let's start with Jesus, right? It's probably good. Anybody grow up in Sunday school, you always raise your hand and just answer with Jesus, just in case. <laughs> Who part of the Red Sea? Jesus? The teacher's like, oh, yeah, kinda. He helped. Yeah, okay. Uh, here's what Jesus says about the tithe, Matthew 23, 23. He's, he's rebuking religious people and uh, He's talking to the teachers, the religi- uh, religious uh, leaders of the law, the Pharisees, and he calls them hypocrites. And he says, he says this is so crazy because you're careful to tithe even on the tiniest income from your herb gardens. He, he, goes, he goes, y'all are tithing off salt and pepper. But, but, you're, but you're ignoring the more Im- important aspects of the law. You're, you're ignoring justice, mercy, and faith. Now, he does not say, work on justice, mercy, and faith. Don't worry about giving. That's not what he says. Here's what he says next. You should tithe. So if you need a theology for tithing, let's go to Jesus. Three words. You should tithe. <laughs> okay. That seems good enough for me. Yes, but don't neglect the more important things. 
In other words, Jesus is not a mob boss that comes to collect his debt on the 1st and 15th, and I pay him, and then I go, cool, okay, I can do what I want to do now, and I'll talk to you in two weeks. Don't mess with me for two weeks. I won't mess with you. You don't mess with me. I've done my thing. I've given my money, and now I can be a jerk. No, 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 no. I can't ignore the more important. I, I got I to gotta believe in justice and mercy and faith and love and being kind. And Does that make sense? Because tithing is not a debt that I owe. It's a seed that I sow. Does that make sense? So I'm not, I'm not paying God off. I'm sowing into the kingdom, but I don't do it to get some kind of self-righteous where I gave and now I can be mean to people. Or, or even, well, I gave God his 10, now I got my 90. No, no, no. All the 10 did was remind me that even the 90 still belongs to God. Number two. Number two, everything belongs to God. I'm just telling you why I tithe. Because when I look at my life, I see the grace and the gift of God on, on all around me, and I go, everything belongs to God. And, now, and I have Bible for it in First Chronicles 29. King David is receiving the first miracle offering. Uh, at this point, the, te- the, the Holy of Holies and the Ark of the Covenant is in a tent. It's called the Tabernacle of David. And David said, I, I hate that I live in a beautiful palace, but my church is portable. I hate that I live in this beautiful home, but my church is in a leased space. God, I want to build you a house. I want to make sure that you have a beautiful house where we can worship. And God says, yeah, I like that. Isn't that cool? I mean, God's like, yeah, you want to honor me with the house? Let's do that. Now, David is receiving the the miracle offering, the offering from the people of Israel. Here's what he says. Oh, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. Who am I and who are my people that we should give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you, and we give you only what you first gave us. Now, every parent knows that because your kids give you Christmas gifts and birthday presents that you paid for. (laughs) Here's some golf balls, Dad. It's like, thanks. How much did these cost, you know? (laughs) David goes, the only reason we're even able to give is because you gave to us. We are here only for a moment. Do you understand that we're here only for a moment? Life is short. Whether you live 80 years, 150 years, it it doesn't matter. Compared to eternity, we are here and gone. Visitors, strangers in the land of our ancestors. Our days on earth are like a passing shadow, gone so soon without a trace. I love what Reverend Billy Graham said. He said, I've, I've never seen a hearse on its way to a burial ground pulling a U-Haul trailer. Come on, you can't take your stuff with you. We're, we're only here for a moment. We, we got to do things that matter for eternity, not just for right now. Oh, Lord, our God, even the material we have gathered to build the temple to honor your holy name comes from you. Five big words. Please hear them. It all belongs to you. And when I tithe, I am reminded that everything in my life is a gift from God. I I call tithing a trust test. So so with this in mind, let's now go to Genesis chapter 2. 
We're just walking through the Bible. Is that okay? We have a little Bible study tonight. Anybody love the Bible in this place? Anybody love? Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Look at, um, look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. Notice that. This is God's garden, and he's letting Adam play a part in the garden. But it's God's garden. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden except the knowledge of good and evil. That's how I know it's God's garden, not Adam's garden. Because in my house and in Shannon's house, our, our house, we can go anywhere, touch anything, eat anything, because it's, it's ours. It's my house and it's her house, and we have free reign. And there's, no, there's nothing off limits. She doesn't sit on the couch and go, hey, you can't sit on that couch. That's my couch. No, it's her couch. When I go to the fridge to grab a Coke Z, come on, Coke Zero. Anybody know about Coke Z? She can't, she can't go, don't touch my Coke Z's. Those are my Coke Z's. I say, no, uh these are our Coke Z's. They're ours. So it's our house, so we have full domain and dominion over that house. When, when God says don't touch that tree, it was God saying, this ain't your garden, bro. I'm blessing you with stewardship and management, but it's my garden. And God goes, you don't need that tree. There is plenty of resource and food and provision in the garden without that tree. You don't need that tree. There is plenty of provision left without that tree. All right, the claps are getting quieter. It's okay. Uh, uh, and, and here was the idea. Here was the idea that Adam and Eve would not sin and that one day there would be a little Cain and a little Abel and a little Seth and a little, all these little babies start growing up. And they go, Daddy, Daddy, what's with that tree? Can we go eat from that? Lord, that tree looks good, Daddy. And Adam would go, no, guys, that's God's tree. That tree belongs to God. God's letting us eat from all these other trees. Look how good God is. Look at all this. Look how good God is. But that tree, that's God's tree. And we don't eat from God's tree. And listen to me. We get to tell the next generation and we remind ourselves that this is God's tree. And God was, because you know what God could do? Instead of the tithe, God could have done the 90. He could have. He could have done the 50-50. He could have done the. But he was so kind that he goes, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you all of this. Just don't touch this. And every time I tithe, I'm reminded, this ain't mine. Every time I trust God financially, I'm reminded I'm a steward of what God's given me. So, and now, no, 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 listen to this. When, when I tithe, I don't just take the 90 and do whatever the heck I want with it because it's mine now. No, it's all God's. And I've, sub, I've actually submitted 100 because 10 is a whole number. So when I give the whole, it's a representation of all of it. So when I tithe, it's a declaration to myself, to my family, and to my God. Every penny I have is now submitted to the Lordship of Jesus. So now there cannot be spiritual defeat and deception because it's all submitted to the Lordship of Jesus. But I, but I proved it not with my words but with my gift. And now, Holy Spirit, if you tell me to give an offering, I'll give an offering. If you tell me to bless somebody, I'll bless somebody. If you tell me to help somebody, I'll help somebody. 
I had one of our one of one of our guys in our church. Um, we were out of town preaching this weekend, and I forgot that Bentley had a haircut. Our little dog. And I go, bro, is there any way you could take him for me to get the haircut? He goes, yeah, of course, of course. So um, he goes, hey, I I get the call. Bentley's ready. So I said, hey, I'm gonna send you some money. So he he come he hits me back because he's a giver now. So he goes, no, 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 we'll pay for it. I said, you ain't paying for it. So then I gave him, I sent him three times the amount of the haircut. And he goes, that's way too much money. That's not how much the haircut is. I said, well, no, the moment you offered, yeah. you ain't going to outgive me. <laughs> I, I want to bless you now yeah, right. for, for, I mean, you were already doing me a favor and now you're trying to pay for my dog's haircut. Oh no, you're getting, you're getting triple what you were going <laughs> to. And you know what? I think God goes, you going you to bless me? You gonna trust me? Oh, you. So there's an old preacher that would say you can't outgive God, because God goes, wow. If you, if if you're gonna bless me, I'm gonna bless you back. And then I know that I blessed him, and now I know God saw that, and I know God's gonna bless me somehow, some way. Because it's just what God does. Okay. Number three, it connects me to something bigger than myself. Tithing connects me to something bigger than me. The Apostle Paul is receiving an offering in the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 4, verse 14. And here's what he says to the Philippian church. I'm so excited about this. Ooh, I'm so excited about this. It was good of you to share in my troubles. Time out. Just right off the bat, Paul says, it's good that you gave. It's good that you gave. It's good that you helped me. Can, can we all agree on that? It's good to give. If you feel led to give, it's probably not the devil. Yeah, okay, you know, it's good. Paul says, this is good. Moreover, you Philippians, you know that in the early days of our acquaintance of the gospel, when, when you were just getting to know me, when I set out from Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. Paul says, only one church gave and it was you. For even, check this out. You didn't just give in Philippi. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid. When I was once in need. Not that I'm desiring a gift. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. Okay, I got to break this down really quick. Uh, America 2022, we, we can travel anywhere, anytime we want with technology. Within 24 hours of right now, you can be anywhere in the world. You can, you can be at Harry Reid Airport. You can be on the 10 p.m. British Airways flight to London. I hate that I know that, but there's one. <laughs> I've flown that much. And from London, you can be anywhere in the world within about 10 hours. Within 24 hours, you could be anywhere in the world. We, we just, we can travel. You could be on a flight to John Wayne Airport in Orange County tonight and be at Mickey's Castle tonight. Like we can be anywhere. That's just where travel's at now. Back then, they didn't travel. If you lived in Philippi, you were born in Philippi, you were raised in Philippi, you would die in Philippi. And most people would never even leave the house they were born in. Hey, please catch this. So when, look at me when I say this. So when Paul says your gift went to Thessalonica, this was mind-blowing for them because he was saying your giving is going somewhere you'll never go. Give me a wow or something. Does this make sense? You're never, you're never going to get there. You're never going to leave your little town. You're never going to leave your little space 
but through your generosity, your impact is growing. So uh, we, we stream in a correctional facilities all over America. You're never going to go to those correctional facilities. But you are. Through your giving. This morning we were in correctional facilities all over the Las Vegas area preaching to them. You're, you're never going to go, but you're there. Through your giving. One man got born again in one of those correctional facilities, wow. has since been released, and now attends our church. And he found me this morning with tears coming down his eyes, going, this church saved my life. And we never went into the prison, but we did because our giving paid for cameras that paid for technology to go into prisons to be on TVs that preach the gospel. The church just wants my money. I don't want your money, bro. I want to reach more people. Help the preacher one time. Come on, I'm almost done, but I just, I, I hope you're hearing my heart. I hope you're hearing my heart tonight. I hope you're hearing my heart tonight. Be seated, be seated, be seated. I'm almost done, I'm almost done. So, so he says, he says your, your giving went where you will never go. Um, I'm from Belen, New Mexico. Population, 1,700. More dairy cows than humans in Belen, New Mexico. That's a true story. I'm not trailer park trash, but I'm a trailer park prince. But I was born and raised in a trailer. And when I say born, I mean born in a trailer. You know your parents are hood. When they're like, who needs a hospital? We're in a single wide. I was born in a trailer. I was born in a trailer. Okay, so that's a true story. Okay, so, and I'm proud of it. So, um, 1,700 people. Ye yesterday, again, we talk about technology. Yesterday, we were in D.C. preaching. I was at a women's conference with a couple of thousand women. More women at this conference than in my hometown. And again, just about technology, we preached Saturday morning, preached to all these women, hopped on a flight. We were home by dinner at our table, eating in and out at 8 p.m. before we went to bed. By the way, I got protein style. No fries. Not even a Coke Z. Water. So, we see it. Who said that, you idiot? We see you, Pastor. So, so, uh, so, so we, we go, right, and, and I walk in, and, and here's the other speaker is Lisa Harper. Oh, my God, my, my spiritual auntie. If you don't know who Lisa Harper is, doctorate, earned doctorate degree, 14 books. I mean, this woman is a giant in the faith, and I love her so much. And I told her, Lisa, you're now, you're now our auntie. I'm your, I'm your little nephew, and Shannon's your little niece, and, and you're stuck with us, and you got to write us into your will, so... Um, I love Lisa Harper so much. One, one day we'll be able to have Lisa. We can't have her in this building because a gazillion people would show up and it would be a train wreck. But uh, so, so Lisa Harper's, and then the other person is Natalie Grant, OMG, Natalie Grant. What a singer, amazing. So I'm kind of like fangirling over Natalie. I'm trying to act cool. I'm like, hey, how are you? God bless you. I've heard of you, you know, but inside I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Your presence is my weapon. You know, I'm just like, wow, it's you, Natalie. Uh, but, I'm, but I'm being cool about it. I'm like, so you're like a singer or something? Like, 
No, I actually didn't do that. I went up to her and I went, we're not worthy, we're not worthy. Um, it was a total Wayne's World moment. And so then, ah, you don't know who Wayne's World, y'all are too young for Wayne's World, but anybody? Okay, anybody? Okay, okay, thank you. Okay, 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 okay. The, the other speaker was a woman named Jill, and I didn't know Jill. I, I hadn't heard of Jill. Uh, Jill's a business owner, and she has this uh, beautiful um, uh, jewelry company. And she was there. She didn't preach. She's not like a minister, but she went to do like a Q&A and talk about her story. She's got this beautiful story of, 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 of God blessing her business and that whole story. Well, I didn't know Jill, so I'm saying hi to Lisa. I'm reconnected with her, and then I'm meeting Adley. Wow, and then, and then I, I meet Jill, and, and she goes, hi, Javen, I'm, I'm Jill. Uh, you don't know me, but you're my pastor. I said, say what? So I literally, I went, because she looks really cool too, and, and I go, do you live in Vegas? Because she kind of looks like Vegas, you know? She's got the cool hair and the cool clothes and the cool, I go, you live in Vegas? And she goes, no, I live in Oklahoma, but you're my pastor. I said, I'm, I'm not your pastor. What are, you, what are you talking about? And she goes, last year, I, had, I went through breast cancer. And she goes, somehow I found you on YouTube, and you preached me through breast cancer. She goes, I've listened to every sermon you've preached. Your sermons got me through. And I'd listen to you at chemo, and I'd listen to you every week, and, I, and I'd listen to your sermon. And, and I don't even live in Vegas, but you're my pastor. And I would have never, I'm from Belen, New Mexico. <laughs> And we got these guys recording our sermons, and we got a beautiful person right now on our cameras, running our cameras, and we have no idea who's on the other side of that camera, sitting in a hospital room watching our sermons, sitting in chemotherapy, listening to our messages. And, and guess who gets the credit? Let's go back real quick, Philippians 4.17. I want to prove it in the Bible. I don't get the credit. Watch this, watch this. That more would be credited to your account. It's not my, because I, I got my flowers. Y'all just cheered and, and she thanked me. I got my flowers. I'm done. But in heaven, you, your generosity, one day you're going to go to heaven and you're going to talk to Jill and Jill's going to thank you for tithing. Because that tithe provided the lights and provided the camera and provided the space where we could preach. Because it's not about lights and it's not about cameras and it's not about screens. It's about the message of Jesus going out to a world that needs this Bible. So don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. I, I want you to see something on the screen. It said, because here's, here's the word of the Lord to me. He said, this is an assignment, not an ambition. This ain't an ambition, y'all. I'm not trying to build a building to stroke my ego. I'm not trying to build a big church because I have a daddy wound and need approval. That's not what this is. I'm, I'm actually not an ambitious person. I'm just not. It's an assignment from heaven that our house has to write music, to, to release worship, to help pastors, to help the saints, to get the word out. There's a prophetic word on our house. It has to get out to the nations. 
There's almost 3 million people in our community. We need, we need more churches, not less churches. We need to reach more people, not less people. We don't need smaller churches. We need bigger churches to house more people, to see more people to come to Christ, to see more saints mobilized, discipled, filled with the Holy Spirit. This is not an ambition for me. It's an assignment. It's an assignment on our house. Lastly, lastly. Freddie, play me out of here before I preach all night. It's an, it's an invitation for God to bless my finances. It's an invitation for God to bless my finances. Don't get nervous about number four. Don't get nervous. Well, Jamie, God's going like, to bless my finances? Like, Is this like, a, is this like, a, like the prosperity gospel? No. Um, but it's not the poverty gospel. <laughs> like, like, do you believe in, like, do you believe in, like, prosperity or something? Well, I'm, I'm not pro-poverty. And by the way, neither are you. Because if you were, you would sell your car, sell your house, and go live on the streets. But you're, so you're not that either. <laughs> it's a little attitude. And, and, and let me just say this. Let me say this about, about poverty. When you read about poverty in Scripture... It's, it's never good. Jabin, Jesus said, blessed are the poor. No, he did not. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. He's talking about a heart of humility. Well, Jabin, the love of, uh, Jabin, uh, money's the root of all evil. No, the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money. The love of money. By the way, I don't love money. I use money like a tool. I use money like I use shoes. I got to have them on. I use money like I use my hairbrush to cover up my bald spot. Come on, somebody. I use, I use money like I use the, the drill in my house. I use money like I use the vac. It's just a tool. That's all it is. I love people. I love Jesus. And I love the kingdom. And I use the tool of money to get that message out. But I don't love money. And I've proven that over my life that I don't love money. And, and so you don't see poverty as a blessing in the Bible. You actually see a command to help those who are in need. Uh, number two, you don't see poverty as a blessing in this world. Go find the poorest area of even our city and you will find addiction. You will find a lack of education. You will find violence. You will find gangs. You will find the family falling apart. Poverty is not a blessing. Okay, so just you, you, you actually have to settle that in your heart. And a lot of where our, this idea comes from of, of like, in the Western church, like um, anti-provision, anti-blessing, and God, you know, a lot of it is influenced by our brothers and sisters in the Catholic church, and we just need to be able to say that. I, I love Catholics, grew up, born and raised in, in Catholic family, you can't not be Catholic in New Mexico. You have to at least start Catholic. You know what I mean? That's how it is in New Mexico. So I'm not anti-Catholic. I'm not anti-Rome. But I'll say this. There is a teaching that, that comes out of that church that is the, the more you're suffering and the, and, the, and the poorer you are, the more holy you are. And that's just not true. And by the way, they don't believe it because if you ever go to Rome and walk the Vatican, you find out real quick. Place is shiny. You won't find carpet in the Vatican. You won't, find car you won't find concrete floors in the Vatican. That place is marble and gold and woo. It's, it, is the, it has the most money of any organization in the trillions of dollars. 
Apple can't compete. Tesla can't compete. Amazon can't even compete with, with what is in the Catholic Church. But it's influenced us to the point that you start talking like I'm about to talk. And people are like, well, you know, I don't know. And you actually got to let that go. Again, now I'm not judging the Catholic Church. I'm not, I'm not, I hope you understand my point. My point is that the, the church, Christians, have now been influenced by that kind of thinking. And it's not of the Lord. So when I tithe, it's an invitation for God to bless my finances. So I want to talk through this real quick. Um, let, me, let me start by saying this. You are blessed. If you're a believer, you're blessed. I just taught through, through the message of grace. And one of the scriptures we read was Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Curses anyone who hangs on a tree. Christ was cursed for us that we might receive the blessing of Abraham. So as a believer, you're blessed. Okay, I, I know that. I, I, I know that in Christ I'm blessed. So now how do I weigh that against Malachi 3? Verse 8, the most famous scripture in the Bible about tithing. Well, let's read it. Will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? But you're asking, how do we rob you, God? You rob me in the tithes and the offerings. And because of this, you're under a curse, the whole nation, because you're robbing me. Here's how to reverse the curse. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food, provision, resource in my house. Test me in this. Watch this. It's the only place God says, test me. Everywhere else in scripture, it says, do not test the Lord. But in one area, you can test God. God says, put me to the test. Watch that I'm a provider. Test me, says the Lord God Almighty. See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, there will not be room enough to store it. Okay. Let me, let me explain it now. Let me break it down real quick. When, when God says you're under a curse, he never said, I'm cursing you. So if you don't tithe, it's not that God's going to curse you. And you better tithe or you're... Tire's going to blow out. Fridge is going to break. AC is going to go down. You know that? No, we don't, we don't believe any of that. When, when you don't tithe, you have not opened your life up for God to be your provider. So when, when I tithe, I now have 90% that God can breathe on, multiply, and use. If I don't tithe, it's all on me. And a hundred percent in my hands is like a tithe, excuse me, is like a curse compared to 90% in God's hands. God doesn't curse me, but if I'm going to do this on my own, it's like compared to what God could do in my life, it's like a curse. Um, let, me, let me go a little further. If you don't forgive somebody, it's like a curse. You ever withheld forgiveness from someone? You got that root of bitterness growing in your heart. Every time you think about them, you want to cuss. You see them on, you see them on Instagram, and you just want to. You just get all these weird emotions, and see them at Target, and you decide to go shop at Walmart. Come on, somebody, you like that? Un, that unforgiveness is like a curse. It's it's not that God has cursed you. It's that that unforgiveness is just producing all this ugly stuff in you. How about prayer? If you don't pray, it's not that if you don't pray, you're cursed. It's that if you don't pray, you've never invited God to enter into your life with answers. So a Christian that doesn't pray will never see breakthrough. 
So, so what happens is, yeah, a Christian who doesn't pray, it's like a curse compared to a Christian that learns to pray. Because the moment you pray, you've now invited the provision and the presence and the wisdom of God and the conviction of God in your life. And now you're not trying to do this on your own. The Spirit of God's leading and guiding you. In giving, if you don't give, it's not that you're cursed, but you, you have not done anything in your life to open up a flow for God to move. So instead, money is not under the lordship of Jesus, therefore it's open to spiritual defeat and deception. And people will get mad at a preacher for teaching this and, and not even think twice about going out to a club on Friday night and dropping 400 bucks without even blinking. And it's like, $1,400 on an iPhone. I don't care that you have an iPhone, but let me just say this. Apple last quarter, last quarter made $90 billion. Last quarter, $90 billion. We trying to raise 15 million, y'all. 90 billion in a quarter. The church just wants your money. No, Apple wants your money and they're getting it. And I don't care. I'm glad you got an iPhone. I got one too. Here's. That's not the point. You just got to understand that like when it's time to be generous, all of a sudden we, all this resistance starts. Don't tell me the devil's not real. Don't tell me. And, and I don't feel that tonight, by the way. I feel such faith today. I, I texted our team today. I said, there's such a spirit of revival in our church. I'm preaching about tithing and people are clapping and cheering. I'm like, what is going on in our church? This is crazy. This is crazy. But, but just understand that in the world system, a company can make $90 billion in a quarter and we don't even blink. And then we start talking this way and it's like, well, you know... So I'm going to give you one more scripture, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8. Whew. Here, mortal men receive tithes here on earth. Every, everyone say here. here. Okay, so, so, here, so here's what happens for a, a church member in our church who tithes here. You give and we receive it. Um, we're submitted, I'm submitted to a board. We have a legal board of directors. We pay for a quarterly, basically an audit every quarter where an outside company comes in and looks at all of our finances because I want you to know that we treat this very seriously. So we basically self-audit every quarter because it's such a big deal to us that we want you to know that like, we, we ain't playing with this. But here, mortal men receive tithes. What do we do with that? Well, we do ministry. Give your kids a great experience right now. Do, do all that we're doing. Right? So we, we, we do that. We pay staff and we... Everything that we do, we do through the tithe. Here we receive it, but there. He receives it, of whom it is witness that he lives. When I give to my church, listen to this, because we don't say that here. We say, when I give through my church, I give to God. And the reason that's so important is because I cannot bless your finances. I can't bless your life. 
I can't break the curse over your life, but I know someone who can. And when I give to God, God blesses my life. God breaks the curse. God reverses the curse. God opens the heaven. God does what only he can do. So I give through my church, but I give to God. Think about that. Jesus receives my tithe. He sees it. There's a man in Acts chapter 10 who had an encounter with an angel, and here's what the angel said. The angel said, your gifts and your prayers have come up like an offering before God. God looked at this man in the the book of Acts chapter 10, and he said, every gift you've given, every offering you've given, every prayer you've prayed, God's seen it, and God's heard it. And every time you pray and every time you give, God hears it and God sees it. And I promise you, it's working for your favor. It's working for your benefit. I don't give to get. I give because I love God and I love the kingdom of God and I love the preaching of the gospel. But don't get it twisted. God is not going to let me be more generous than he is. (laughs) I can't outgive God. He's going to make a way for me and he'll make a way for you. And if if you're not a tither in this house, I want you to pray about it. I want you to pray about it. I want you to do it, but I want you to pray about it. Miracle offerings coming up on November 20th. Come on, let's pray. Let's believe God. What's God going to lead you to give? And whatever he tells you to do, just do that. Nothing's too big. Nothing's too small. Maybe you'll give 100 bucks. Maybe there's someone in this room right now that can give 100 million. I don't know. That would be great. That'd be fun. be super cool I would not be sad about that but, but hear my heart we're all just going to do what the Holy Spirit tells us to do and we're going to build that building we're going to help more people we're going to reach more people with this message we're going to reach more women like Jill come on we're going to reach more people in prison hey we're going to reach more people just like us that walked into this building one way, but we left another way because the presence of God met us in this church. Thank God for City Light Church. Thank God for his faithfulness to this church. Thank God for the way that he has met with us Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after song after song. God, you've been so good to this house. 